All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Nate Johnstone and Paul Anderson. Hey, Paul. And I'd like to say welcome back to you, Nate. Thank you. I've Thank seen you. you before. Yes. You're looking good. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And uh, blue shirt. I, I have a lot of blue shirts. I like blue shirts. <laughs> um, and we want to also welcome the Holy Spirit mm. to this time. And that's that wasn't meant to be a cheesy transition. I was actually serious about that. I've started doing that when I, sometimes I forget, but I try to do it every day after I wake up. And I, I try to do it at the beginning of uh, worship services. I'm a pastor. And so I, I welcome God the Father and I welcome Jesus and I welcome God the Holy Spirit. How wonderful. To tell them like, you are welcome here. We worship you. We're not asking you to come to our service to bless us. We are here to bless you. Mm. And so please, please come and we will do that. Um, and I, I have felt led to do that. But since feeling led to do that, I have felt like it actually does something in the spirit when I do it. And, and that's, that's an example of prophecy. So uh, sometimes people think of prophecy as a prediction of the future. And that is one aspect of prophecy. But there are many aspects of prophecy. And one is when God simply tells us to do or say something. And so in that case, God told me to say, like verbally, out loud, to welcome. I welcome you, God, the Father. I welcome you here, Lord Jesus. And we welcome you here, God, the Holy Spirit. I felt that God was leading me to actually say that at the beginning of worship services. And I do it most, most services now, usually during worship time or something. Um, I do it at the beginning of other meetings. I do it at the beginning of... Uh, anything that's going to potentially involve deliverance. Um, and I'm not, I'm not putting it out there as this is a theological thing. You all better do this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I felt like God told me to say that. And so I have been obeying. And I don't know. I've noticed the difference. I feel the difference. And I'm not huge on a gift of discernment, Paul. Um, but I sometimes can feel the, the manifest presence of God. When the presence of God is in a close, touchable way. Manifest means touchable. And sometimes I, I feel that more when I obey, I find. Yeah. And so that's an example of prophecy. Uh, I think probably the most common example of New Testament prophecy is um, when God reveals to someone else his heart and intentionality towards you. And so someone tells you, you know, I feel like God is really proud of you and glad for what you've been doing. And he's seen you striving after him and don't be discouraged by the struggles and don't be discouraged by the times you've done it wrong. God loves that you are moving after him and he wants you to go for it and really reach out and really go after him. He is on your side and he is going to help you get closer to him. Something like that. That might have been a prophecy actually for someone listening. I felt like that was kind of real. I started out just talking and then it felt real. And you will find that's true for many of the gifts of the spirit, particularly prophecy. At least I find that and I prophesy quite a bit. I find that I get one word or one phrase or one concept. And as I start, as I take a step of faith, because it's a step of faith, because it's scary to do, right? You're really going out on a limb. But when I start talking, then usually more comes as I take that step of faith. And then often more comes. And then sometimes there will be a vision or an emotion that I will feel along with that or something else to go along with that. And so that's how prophecy, New Testament prophecy works for me. And it's, we see a number of things in this passage that we've been looking at in 1 Corinthians 14 that talk about prophecy and how wonderful it is. 
and how useful it is. And as we get into this passage, I want to pre-testify that I have found prophecy to be really useful and really encouraging for people. And sometimes I've known prophecy to make the difference between suicide and courage, literally. And I've had people say, you know, tell me the story about what they were going to do and then say, but this is the first time I felt like God ever actually singled me out and said something to me. And it was something encouraging. Um, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. No, I could not have done that. Nate could not have done that. My fancy teaching or my great eloquent words or my size and strength, none of those things could have convinced that guy that he probably shouldn't kill himself. But God was able to do it in about 45 seconds. Praise the Lord. Because I was open and asking God to use me to bless that guy. And the Holy Spirit did it. So what is a prophecy then? I think a prophecy is the revelation of God's heart for another. Okay. That's, that's my real simple definition of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that revelation for others is not just one person. It seems like it's usually personal. Sometimes it's bigger for a church or a group or maybe even a region or maybe even a nation. And occasionally it's predictive, like mm-hmm. the, what we can, the kind of prophecy we see in the Old Testament. We still yeah. see that these days. But those kinds of prophetic words are more rare. They're just more rare. Yeah. And, and, and some people seem to have a gift of prophecy in those kind of areas that like I don't have, for example. I have given those kind of words before, but they've been rare. And they made me respect people who get them a lot because it was very weighty. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, it was burdensome for sure. I could tell that story another time, but um, it seems like, at least with me, most of the words God gives are personal for people who I'm praying for specifically at the time, and I usually forget them afterwards mm-hmm. because I don't care to remember them. <laughs> that person should remember them. <laughs> I now encourage people to take out their phone and record it um, because I find that people are forgetful, and if, God, if the God of the universe, the one who created stars and mountains and rivers is going to say something to you, it's worth remembering. Mm -hmm. That's not a small thing by any stretch of the imagination. The boss of the universe is taking time to say something to you. There's billions of people here just on this one little planet, and he's taking time to say something to you. That's kind of a big deal. So I really encourage you, if someone... Like I've actually paused people before. Hang on one second. I want to get, I want to record this. I want to record this. Can you start over? You know, and, and I try to do that now and I try to encourage other people to do it. Now, if you forget, the spirit will lead you into all truth and remind you of everything Jesus has said. And that includes prophetic words. Mm-hmm. So Paul, I let's like look thing very much. Uh, I, you remember the, the season that we had when I directed something called Lutheran Renewal mm-hmm. and we would bring in speakers that were well-known as prophetic people like John Paul Jackson or Rick Joyner. And Mm -hmm. from time to time, then at the end of a message, they would give a prophetic word for someone. They'd say, hey, you over there in the black suit, you please stand up. Or uh, this lady in the front row, would you please stand up? And then John or Rick would give a spot-on word, and it would be very encouraging to that person. And Probably everybody else was wishing, oh, I wish he'd do one over me. I, wish I was one of those people wishing that at one point, yeah. Yes. And on the other hand, as that happened, not many people were saying, oh, I could do that. Yep. I could do that. That, that seems easy. No, it seemed very difficult. How can that person do that? How do they get up enough nerve to say something like that? 
And that's the way people responded. That's the way my kids responded until we came to the decision, we're not going to do that anymore. We are going to bring in people that will teach us how to prophesy. And so we did that. And I knew we were making progress when my daughter, Cara, said, I can do that. Yeah. I remember when Brian Fenimore came the first time. Uh-huh. Because um, I had taught prophecy very differently than, than that, than the sensational call them out from the stage kind of stuff. I'm not saying that's bad. Not at all. But that was early days. We were learning as, as a church with a capital C how to do this stuff again after stopping for several centuries, you know? Yeah. Um, and so... Not everything was done perfect from day one, but you can't expect that, right? Um, but when Brian Fenimore came, I was like, this is where it's at. Because he was talking about very simple stuff, very, this is everybody, all Christians, whether you're even spirit-filled or not. We can all speak the word of God because we can all hear God because his sheep hear his voice. So he demystified a lot of stuff. And I was like, this is along the lines of what I've been thinking of where I've been going. And it was the first person from a stage who had said this stuff. Yeah. We're all supposed to be doing this. This, this is a day-to-day -day thing. This is you run into a guy at a water cooler and you've been praying about him and you see him and you say to him, you know, I know things have been going tough at home, but I think you should really tough it out. I think it's worth it. I think you should try to humble yourself as much as you can and see if you can make it work. That's what I feel. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to speak in King James. You, know, you don't even have to say, this is God. Because especially if they're not Christian or if they're not into prophecy, if you say, I feel like the Lord said to me, they're, they're out. Sure. They've, already, they've already decided you're a nut job, right? So you don't have to say it. So many times I've had people come up to me and be like, man, that wisdom that you gave me or that, that counsel that you gave me or that idea that you had for me was so right on. And oftentimes then I will be like, well, you know, actually, that wasn't my bright idea. I'm not that bright. That was the Lord who told me to tell you that. And they'll be like, what? Because it was already proven in their life to be true. So you prophesied for me and it was right. Okay. What do, what do I do with that? Um, and so for a lot of people, it was like the first time they had really had a prophecy that they felt like was real and true. Um, and, and I think that's so important. And the apostle Paul obviously thought it was really important. I mean, he talks about prophecy a lot, mm -hmm. Yep, a lot. I am so thankful that, uh, and you used the word demystify. That's a really mm -hmm. good word because we take it out of the stratosphere of the super giants and we bring it down to where to the barn <laughs> kids can use it. Yeah. Kids can do it. Absolutely. Young adults can do it. My children began to learn how to do it when we had some friends from Norway come over, a group of them, and they took Karis and Israel to the mall, and they prayed with people, and they prophesied over people. I remember when Fred Tony first uh, was teaching on it, and he said, here's how you can begin. Look at someone and say, the Father loves you and says to you that... Mm -hmm. Finish the sentence and see yep. what God gives you. As you step out in faith, you will grow in faith and you will grow in the gift of prophecy. So what we share now, I'm going to share some principles of prophecy. We're sharing this, not so you can simply take notes perhaps, but that you may enter into the gift of prophecy or grow in your expression of prophecy mm -hmm. if you're a part of a family 
that you can do it as a family together and your family can grow together in, ex in experiencing prophecy. So these things are primarily taken from 1 Corinthians 14. And I've condensed it into six principles from reading that chapter and studying it for many years. And so I want to just uh, say these six things. And Nate, you help me here. First, prophecy is positive, not negative. Mm -hmm. Initially, some people felt it was it, you were looking to point out flaws in people so that it would tear them down. It's, or convict them of sin. Yes. And as we already talked about, that's the Holy Spirit's job, not ours. It's the opposite. Paul says, one who speaks, one who prophesies speaks for three reasons. Upbuilding, encouragement, consolation. Prophecy is encouraging. It builds people up. It doesn't tear people down. Yeah. Could you say those three again, Paul? Because yeah. this, this is really important. This is what New Testament prophecy is primarily about. 1 Corinthians 14.3, the one who prophesies speaks to people. Now, tongues, we, we said last week, was speaking to God, right? Mm -hmm. We're praying. This, we're speaking to people. We're prophesying. We're speaking to people for yep. their upbuilding, encouragement, consolation. If it doesn't do one of those things, it's not New Testament prophecy. Yeah. And this that's very important. It's not about calling people out on their sin. It's not about making people feel bad or convicting them or some sort of guilt trip. Um, it's not about telling people they're wrong. It's to encourage, to it's build up, to them. comfort. It's to let people know God is thinking about you. And God is for them. Yes, God sees them. He sees what they're going through. He sees what they're suffering. He sees what they're struggling. And he cares. It's to let them know that God is thinking of them. He's for them. He's on their side. Because when you're in the midst of pain or struggle or difficulty or confusion um, or a lot of stress, a lot of stuff's going on, it's hard to hear that from God. It's hard to sometimes know he's even there. And so when someone says, no, I feel the heart of God for you, and it is this, that it's powerful. It is, it is absolutely. The next verse says, the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. And mm -hmm. we talked about that last week, how incredible that is. Yep. Listen to this. The one who prophesies builds up the church. Yep. Do you know anyone who needs to be built up? Maybe God is going to give you a word of encouragement, and he puts it in your heart, and it turns out to be a prophetic word right from heaven for them. So, first thing. Prophecy is positive, not negative. It's for edification, encouragement, comfort. That's new covenant prophecy. Now you read some prophecies that come from the Old Testament where they do seem to be tearing down. That's old covenant. Yeah. New covenant, it's a new day, and the Spirit is here. The Spirit's within us and helping us to speak. So, second thing, prophecy speaks to the future not to the past. We're not looking back in someone's life to dig up something they did when they were a teenager to expose them and make them feel shame. No. Prophecy Neither. does not bring shame. It does not. It does not. It brings encouragement or because, consolation. Because the Holy Spirit does not bring shame. That's right. Ever. The Holy, the Holy Spirit might bring conviction, which could bring guilt and the sense of your conscience being like, oh, I shouldn't have done this maybe even grieving over something you've done, but the Holy Spirit never brings shame. And if 
a pro if a prophetic word is truly from the Holy Spirit, it won't bring change. Yes. So we deal with a lot of people who are beaten down by life. Yeah. Who've been victimized by very, very sad things. What do they need? They need prophetic words. Mm -hmm. They need a brother or sister to come alongside them and speak a word that will bring edification or encouragement or comfort. So prophecy directs us toward our destiny, away from a broken past into a future of hope. Third thing, prophecy is simple, not complex. We don't try to make it complex with hard words, with long words, with words that people don't understand. We're, we're dumbing it down for ourselves and for others. And so we make it as simple, as easy to understand. We don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. We, we, in fact, I don't, yep. I've never said that no, no. because I, uh, I make mistakes all the time and I'm in, I'm in a growth area. So I'm learning, yep. I'm in process. I say, I usually say, and in, if it's in a context where prophecy is accepted right now, we're doing that or whatever, I'll say, I feel like God might be saying. Good. And then I say it. And I feel like that's humble because it acknowledges that I could be wrong yes. or part of it could be wrong. And then I would add to that, to give a prophetic word does not mean you give the interpretation of that word. And that's really important. When, when, when you get some, I feel like God wants to say this to you. You tell them that and you say, and if you might know what that means, I would say, say to them, and I might have an idea about what that means. If you want to know, ask me. But this is all that God said. Don't add to it and don't add an interpretation if you don't know for sure that's what it means. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the words that I've seen given to myself or other people that are like, that's not right. It wasn't the word that wasn't right. It was the interpretation that wasn't yes, right. Yes, yes. And my brother has a great story about this where someone's like, you're called to be a pastor. Call them out in the room. And afterwards, he goes up to the guy and he said, so, you know, you, you had a prophecy for me. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're called to be a pastor. And my brother didn't say, no, you're wrong. He just said, what specifically did the Holy Spirit say versus your interpretation of what it meant? And, he, and I believe that the story was he saw Matt teaching people and preaching mm. and that sort of thing. That he saw it in a vision. And yep. so he said, you're called to be a pastor. And Matt's like, okay, okay. And the guy's like, why? What, what's going on? And Matt's like, well, I'm not called to be a pastor. I know that for sure, but I do preach. I preach regularly and I teach and I lead Bible studies. And so you saw something that I do. Um, I don't do it at my current church, but I do do that. And yeah, but I'm not called to be a pastor. So what you gave was an interpretation and not the word, just so you know. Um, and the guy was like, uh, okay. Like he had never thought of the difference and hopefully he learned something that day Sure. because he called somebody out and said something untrue. Yes. The prophetic word wasn't wrong, but what he said was wrong because, because he was giving an interpretation. And yes. interestingly, then shortly after that, the church my brother was going to said, we want you to preach regularly here. <laughs> so that was, it was a prophetic word saying, this is God's intent for you. Um, but so it doesn't have, you don't have to interpret. You don't have to be Daniel. It, you don't have to be Joseph in prison. You, you, that, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about very simple. God, I feel like God is saying that he's for you. I know that's really generic, but I'm feeling like God's for you. And he just wants to know he is for you, not against you. Yeah. And if that's all you get, then say that. That could change your life. 
The simplest thing sometimes, I, I've, I've said some things that I'm like, this is so simple, it's almost silly. And I'll say it like something like what I just said. And then pr the person will start crying. Hmm. And I'm like, really? They're like, yes, I felt like God was against me and that everything I did didn't work because God was against me. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I obeyed and said that very simple thing that I thought I heard. Uh, so it's, it's wonderful, but it, we don't, don't make it complicated. It's not complicated. Yeah. It's yeah. just, we learn to hear the voice of God for ourselves. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, right? So that we learn to hear God for themselves. All prophecy is, is we learn to hear God for other people. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. We learn to hear the voice of our shepherd for the sheep next to us or the one across the way. It's as simple as that. Sometimes I don't even use the word prophecy, depending on the context. And I will literally say hearing God for each other. And we've done that together as mm -hmm. we've thought about hearing the voice of God. We do this exercise and we say, now take a moment just to listen and ask God what he wants to say to you and then write it down. And so people mm -hmm. will do that. And, and we find the majority of people hear something and it's very encouraging to them. They write it down, Some, a few of them share it. Then we say, okay, now break up into groups of two. Now this time, ask God what he wants to say to that person sitting next to you. And we don't say, you're gonna to prophesy to them. We, we just say, what do you wanna to say to this person? And we ask them to share it. And sometimes they're in tears. Most people they, get, they, get something, oh, most people get something. And people that never prophesied before find out i can i can listen and get a word for other people it's it's when that simple mystify it it's so wonderful yeah they, they realize that it's that simple and they also realize that when god speaks to us it's not thus saith the lord cindy tell bill this thing like it doesn't work like that we just have a thought in our head and we ask the holy spirit to speak that's the key we ask him to speak we listen and then we share does daniel does you being like Daniel in, in like the Bible, does that have any sort of meaning for you? And yeah. and then you and maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, but you explore it and you just try it out. You you that's why this is a step of faith and humility. You have yeah. to die to yourself and looking dumb and being wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to have the courage to step out and say something. And, and, and honestly, that's the most difficult part for most people. Yeah, is the courage to take a step and say, I feel like. I should share this with you. And again, if you, it doesn't have to be in a thus saith the Lord way. It doesn't have to be an I think I heard from the Lord from you, for you. Are you ready to receive, brother? It, it, it can just be, you know, I was praying about you and I thought, you know, maybe you should be meeting with some younger people and like helping them along in the faith. And I'm just like, you know, giving your, your tips and sharing your failures and your successes and like discipling people. I, I was just having that thought about you. I think you'd be great at that. And then leave it with them. You don't have to say, and by the way, that was a prophecy. You don't have to say that. You can just share it. You can share yeah. it like wisdom. And that's, that's a great way to baby step into this. Um, and sometimes that's the best way to go anyway. If you're not sure if the person is going to receive a word from God, then you don't have to share it in that way. And that's not, that's not being false. That's being wise. Yeah. There's no point in sharing something with someone in a way that they will not receive it. What's the and point of that? This, this is not just for church time. Absolutely. You can do it at the restaurant. To a waitress, uh, you can do it at a gas station talk while we're pumping gas. There are lots of places yep. that you can give these words of encouragement. Absolutely, so, but it's not exclusive to that. I think the most prophecy you'll do will be with your family and your friends and the people in your church, the people you love, mm -hmm. because 
you want them to be encouraged and you want them to do well. So pray for them and yeah. ask the Lord to speak to you. Number one, prophecy is positive, not negative. Number two, prophecy speaks to the future, not to the past. Number three, prophecy is simple, not complex. Number mm -hmm. four, prophecy is for all, not for a few. Yep. So in the Old Testament, was that true? No, it was for a few. Very there true. were a few people that were called prophets, and there were others who were false prophets. Now your sons and your daughters can prophesy. It busts open because now everyone has the Holy Spirit, so everyone can hear from God. Everyone can be the voice of God after listening to the voice of God. So this is for you, dear listener. You can be a prophetic person. Yep. You can ha hear a word and you can speak it forth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 31, let's get back there, 14, 31, for you can all prophesy. Wait, what? Say that one more time, Paul. For you can all prophesy. But when it means, when it says all, it means only a few, right? Only some? <laughs> no, no, it says you can all prophesy. That is a verse that most Christians don't believe, dare I say. And I'm not saying that in a derisive way, but let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. If it's true that we can all prophesy, then why aren't, why aren't we doing it? It is what the Bible says, folks. Yep. Okay. I'm going to make sure I get these in before you cut me off, Nate. How are we doing? I'm, I'm looking at the watch. We're, we're, we're about ready to, to close out, but you can finish up. Finish okay, up. I've got two to go here. Number five, prophecy is fired by faith, not feelings. You can say it in a low-key, straightforward, yes. normal speaking tone. You don't have to get that religious voice. And, uh, and that's something that was done in early days. People would yeah. prophesy in King James or they'd, they'd look off in the distance and speak in a voice. And it's like, mm, that's, that's all flesh. That's what we call flesh. That's just the person. That's it's them making a choice. Um, and, and maybe they're a little weird. Um, but that has nothing to do with, with the Holy Spirit or, or with yeah. prophecy itself. And let me say this, that when you begin, you may be 30% or if you're lucky, 50% accurate. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. Don't plan on being 100% accurate. You're learning. Yeah. Babies learn how to talk. Infants learn how to talk. And when they say two words and, and you can barely understand it. You throw a party. Crazy. Yeah. We're doing somersaults. Did you hear that? Did you they said two so words. Excited? Heaven rejoices when you step out and blubber. And even if it's not 100% accurate, who cares? You're, you're yeah. to learn. When you, when you first start playing basketball, if you're making 30% of your free throws, you're probably the best guy on the team or, or gal on the team. Yeah. If you're making 50%, you're definitely the best on the team if you're in grade school. You know? So guy, guys who bat 300 make millions of dollars in baseball. Yes, and they play in the All-Stars. And that means less than one out of three, okay? Now, I'm not taking prophecy lightly when I say that. I'm not saying it's okay to miss as many as you want. Don't worry about it. What I'm saying is give it a try. Take a step of faith and do it humbly and saying, okay, I feel like 
maybe this is what God is saying or what I think I heard or what I think I saw or what I think I felt was this. And then you share it and then hold it loosely, leave it with them and, and, and don't over spiritualize, I guess. Don't over spiritualize um, and try to do it in humility. And if, if it's not right, if it's not right, don't worry about that. Like, like Paul said, you, we learn and it takes time. Paul wrote, if a man's gift is prophesying, prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Faith is going to grow. Yep. As your faith grows, so does your gift. That was from Romans 12, 6. That's a good verse. Okay, mm -hmm. last one. Prophecy is weighed, not simply received. What mm -hmm. if that's from the big guys? Same, 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 thing. same thing. We weigh prophecy. Which means we, we judge it. We, we determine whether or not, was that true? Partially true? Was that for me or not? And we weigh that. And do you want to talk about that, Paul? Or uh, one of the, I'd say the primary way we weigh it is scripture. Yes. The Holy Spirit is not going to disagree with himself. <laughs> right? And so the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible through, through men who were yielded to him. And so there's not going to be something in the Bible that contradicts a true prophetic word. And so I have heard prophetic words and I'm like, that's, that's against the Bible. That's not true. That's yeah. wrong. And so what happened there? Well, they heard wrong or they heard right, but what they said was wrong because they were trying to interpret it or something like that. And so that's an easy one. You toss that one out. That's a bad apple. Not yeah. all the ones in the bag are going to be good. Um, and that's why it's important to weigh, especially with um, prophet, prophetic people or just normal people who are just learning how to do it. And so if you want to succeed in this, you have to find a place where it's safe to fail, a place where it's safe to fail. And the first time I experienced that was when we started a small group, a guy's group at uh, the church that I had started. And I had prophesied before, but I had never had a place where I was where it was a laboratory, where it was safe for me to fail. And we went out on limbs, man. And, and you know what we all found? We were all shocked. To, there were only four of us in the group. We were shocked at the end of that couple month period to realize that we all heard a lot more than we thought we did from God. Uh, cool. And that prophecy really did happen in proportion to your faith. Yes. And we were all so encouraged. But that's because we had a place that was free to fail. And sometimes we did. Hey, I think you've got faith for people. Let's pray Good. for them to be released in the gift of prophecy. Amen. Father, we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you that in your word it says, eagerly desire, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you could prophesy. Mm -hmm. that's a command from scripture. We should eagerly desire that we can prophesy because we can all prophesy. It is mm -hmm. such a wonderful gift to encourage and build up your body. And so Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. We thank you that you're our shepherd and that we're your sheep and we hear your voice. And we pray that you would help us to hear your voice better and more clearly and more frequently. Pray that you would help us hear your voice for ourselves and our situation in life and our family. But we also ask that you would help us to hear your voice for each other. That we'd hear your voice for our friends people in our small group, people in our family, and give us the boldness to listen to that and to share that with them. Lord, give us enough humility to be a little bit vulnerable and to step out on a limb and to share what it is that we hear. And if possible, Lord, bring us into some sort of fellowship, some sort of place where it is safe to practice prophecy and safe to fail, because that's the only way we're going to learn. And so I pray that you would for those of us who aren't into this, haven't been into this, or have been afraid of this, 
I pray that you would build that desire within us. Some of us might say, honestly, I don't eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that I can prophesy. I don't obey that verse. I don't eagerly desire that. And so, Lord, if that's us, as we're listening or watching, I pray that you would increase that desire within us. Holy Spirit, that you would increase the desire within us for your gifts to be more active in our lives. Help us to desire more, to see people set free, to see people encouraged, to see people built up, to see people around us. Receive a word from you. Build that desire within us so that we can start to step out. In Jesus' name, amen. And we talked about miracles not too long ago and how we're in a season right now in the church with a big C in America where there aren't that many miracles taking place compared to previous seasons. And I believe the days are coming where we're going to see a lot more supernatural miracles in terms of healing and, and miraculous and limbs growing back and things getting healed that aren't supposed to be healed, like Down syndrome and, and autism and things like that. I, I think those days are coming soon, and may they come very soon, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. But one thing that the Holy Spirit is very actively doing in an unprecedented way is releasing a spirit of prophecy. Mm -hmm. There are more people engaged in prophecy now than have been since probably one of the first few centuries of the church. And it's something that the Holy Spirit cares deeply about. And he's really, really encouraged people to do it. And honestly, literally anybody can step into this. Literally anyone. There's so much grace right now to step into the prophetic and to learn how to do it. Um, that if you are just like, I'm willing to give it a shot, it'll happen. You will hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing right now. And so I really encourage you to do that because it's, it's just fantastic. Yep. And thanks for joining us. And we'll see you again next week. God bless everybody. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.